3: Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is RU Series Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you here tonight. We will take the Kentucky and LSU deep dive. Look, we faced Kentucky in early April. A lot of things have changed with them. Look, they're a really good ball club. Really, really good ball club. Every Wednesday throughout the year, we have gone through, if you've noticed, Every Wednesday throughout the year we've done deep dives on every team that LSU will face this upco- that upcoming weekend. Doesn't change here tonight. We do Kentucky part 2 here tonight. Look, you can go through the numbers, you can watch them, we've seen them, we know what they're about. I think LSU's very very much in the driver's seat to win this weekend. Look, you only got to have you only got to win two. It's not like Preparing for last weekend, I hope the weather stays fine, but you already have the advantage in game one with Paul Skeens, which by the way, both of those young men and Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz are on the Golden Spikes watch list of the best player in college baseball. Uh, Jack Caglione from Florida is the third. I you literally have a 67% chance that a tiger is walking away with that award. I do feel it's going to be Paul schemes when it's all said and done. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the deep dive. What we need to know is we start preparing for the supers. Look, usually we're about, you know, one Thursday away from the series to get started on Friday, but the series does not get started until Saturday. So, Another day of rest for Paul Skeens, which is really nice. We will talk in great detail. Rafino's rants. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So listen. I don't mean this in a wrong way, but have you guys seen what's going on with Zion Williamson today? (laughs) Have y'all seen... uh, What's going on with Zion today? Well, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, my man has lost it. <laughs> um. So listen, I don't really talk a lot about um, Zion, but today, adult film star... Mariah Mills said the following things on Twitter, which this was just only one of like a hundred tweets that she tagged Zion Williamson in. She said, "I let you spit in my mouth." Last week, when you made love to me, she didn't say that, and you told me you and you didn't even tell me you had another, a, uh, WH pregnant, how was that going to work with me moving to New Orleans? Did you think I wasn't going to find out? She would go on to say, I'm the reason that your big ass got back in shape. <laughs> Zion, bro, what are you doing, my guy? What are you doing? Man, 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 man. We'll talk on Zion uh, here tonight. Also, I got a little bone to pick, man. I got a little bone to pick. I I, got to be real with you. I just, look. When it comes to when it comes to college football in its whole, Nick Saban, Nick Saban might need to be chill out, dude. I just don't think he's the guy. I just don't think he's the guy. Also, Wilson Alexander from the Advocate joins us here tonight at seven thirty. Looking forward to talking with him. We'll, we'll obviously talk a little, a little bit of baseball. Uh, and the Supers will also talk a little bit about some football. A lot of camps are underway this summer for LSU. Some players returning. Um, so we'll see. We'll see uh, how that all transpires with uh, Wilson. Because we do have a lot to talk about. Glad that he's going to be jumping on with us. And also one SEC team for football related things I'm really, really keeping my eye on. I am going to get ble- I'm going to get I'm going to people ain't going to like it. People are not going to like it. People aren't going to like it. I'm going to get ridiculed. I'm going to get ridiculed on this one, but we'll end the show here tonight talking about a little SEC football as well. All right, let's get to go comments, though, before we get rolling. Rob Bujo, what's up, buddy? Says he is the type of guy that will take maternity leave. No question. Uh, he said we need to trade him. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, Alex on Facebook says, can you tell me what he is doing, screwing the Pelicans out of their money? Yeah, I mean, he is, he is. So Zion, come on, my guy, like what's going on here? Like she's an adult film star. You need to be careful who you surround yourself with and who you or who you put your own self in. Right? Like, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, did you think that she was going to be loyal? You hadn't heard the rap song, These Hoes Ain't Loyal? I mean, and then you're going to move both of your side pieces? By the way, Zion had a girlfriend like a year ago. Then you're going to move your side pieces, get one of them pregnant, and then move another adult film star down to New Orleans? My word. Well, I mean, come on, my guy. Come on. All right. So let's get this thing rolling. We'll get to uh, Delton says, well, Zion is being controlled by the wrong head. It's true. It's true. Um, Chance Bavin says, be careful whose mouth you spit in. (laughs) I just want to know. So listen, I just want to know how that conversation happens. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Like, how does that even happen? Let me spit in your mouth. Like, how? You got to be a twisted individual. Very twisted individual. All right. Let's get rolling. Let's talk about good friends, though, over at BenOnline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. Look, we're about to start some of the merch back. And with that, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to want to buy some of this LSU gear for Omaha. And another place you can bet it at, bet online. Just just saying, man. Just saying. But if you're listening to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on Facebook, like, subscribe. And a like, share to all those social media groups, all those social media pages wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And we want to uh, say formally... If you have Fubo, you can watch us on the Believe TV and Believe Sports Network. AYS, baby, it's in the building. So, shout out to our good friends over at Fubo and Believe. Uh, we're literally on, on your TV. Literally right now on your TV. So, excited to be for all of you to be joining us. Let's get to the break. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to discuss. Let's do this LSU and Kentucky deep dive. Wilson Alexander at 730. Be back next. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. Tell me, good friend, Blake Ruffino, sit you on by. We're back. Here's a great question from Doug Nose. He says not to jinx anything, but we coming down Saturday. If the chance of rain elevates, do you think Blake, that Paul Skeens starts? It's a great question. It's a really, really good question. Look, I, at this point, I, I will. I, I, what I would say is I really do think that Jay, after he maneuvered and did things like he did last week, I, I think he kind of knows what he's doing, right? I think there might be a, a reason why they push it to Saturday. I, I, like, I really do believe that there's a major reason why they push that game Saturday, it's not because, well, LSU played on Monday. There's a lot of people that played on Monday. Florida played on Monday. There's a lot of people that played um, and, and on that Monday slate. When, when the TCU and Arkansas played, that's not really an excuse. I think Southern Miss played. They had to come out of a loser's bracket. Like That's not really an excuse. But I do think it's something that we do need to monitor. What do you do there? And let me just be open because the last time <laughs> that this happened – I just didn't understand, but I also didn't really factor in weather. And Jay obviously did. Jay obviously factored in weather when it came to what was going to happen. I'm sure he will do it again to, uh, uh, for this weekend. But if but if you think you can get through at minimum seven innings through a game, you start uh, Paul Skeen's you start Paul Skeens, right? Because there's just not any way that you go out on Saturday and not start him unless, obviously, you don't want to stop and start him again. Maybe you can throw Ty Floyd and Thatcher Hurd in game one if there's going to be weather issues like you did last like, – like what happened in the first game against Oregon State. I could obviously see that happening. But, yeah, I mean, if you are ready to roll – I mean, and I don't even know what – The chances of rain, uh, I mean, I guess we could Google it very quickly. Uh, uh, Weather in Baton Rouge on Saturday, I I really don't know. I really don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Well, there is a chance of rain. 19% chance of rain during the day. Uh, Obviously, they don't really give you the times. But um, saying that there is a well. Saturday on the 10th, no, that's Friday. Saturday on the 10th, it is 50% chances of rain. So, uh, uh, UV index, extreme humidity, 63, uh, winds, 8 miles an hour. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, we'll have to monitor that. We'll have to monitor that. The weather service says that there's 50, and then Jeremy Marshall says, WAFB says there's 30%. We'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, I really don't know what you do. I, I, we're just going to have to trust Jay on that part. But he did it last weekend. So there's nothing that he, I mean, he's already shown that he knows how to navigate it. But at minimum, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you got to throw skeins in one of the first two games anyway. You're going to throw them in the first one. Of, I mean, <laughs> you're just going to have to. So let's transition into that. And let's just act like for just a minute, um, for just a minute. Let's act like everything's going to be fine because I still think that it will be. And, And not only that, I mean, what we're about to talk about doesn't really matter how the games go for a lot of part of this. Listen, Kentucky's like any other team that you've played all year. Now, you've already played them, but they're really the only team that you've kind of seen like this all year. Now... You took two out of three of them uh, uh, from them. You were out without Hayden Travinsky. You know, I know Pearson played, but look, you really weren't in the rhythm in April like you are right now. You saw what Ty Floyd can do. You've seen what Paul Skeens can do. Dylan Cruz is back to his normal ways. Can Tommy Tanks get rolling? Pearson continues to come up with clutch hits. You're just both different teams than where you were when you faced each other in April. The biggest thing in all of this for me two things. This team does not hit for power, but they do hit for average. They have two guys in their starting in their starting lineup that have 11 sacrifice bunts laid down a piece. You have two more that have four, one that has five and multitudes throughout the lineup that will come in and lay a sacrifice bunt down if they need to. They are a really walked team. You have m- t- multiple guys with 35-plus walks on the year, and if you want to know what that's like in comparison to LSU, outside of guys not named Dylan Cruz, you don't have another guy in your lineup that has 40. So Dylan Cruz had 61 walks on the year. Nobody else on your in your lineup, nobody, has over or near relatively to that 40 mark. You have the highest... With Jared Jones at 36, but he's not even in your lineup, right? He's not even close to getting back into your lineup at the current moment. So my point in all of that is this: the three things that you got to defend against—they steal a lot of bases. If you not it, not if, but when that you put runners on, you have to be disciplined and sound defensively, because they will put pressure on you. Multi, multitudes of times in that Saturday game, especially when you lost against them. And even into Sunday, runners got on, runner got on, they're bunning. And there were times that you did not defend it well. Tommy tanks at times had some issues. Jerry Jones had some issues, but he's not there. It's Trey Morgan, but let's not act like Trey sometimes won't come off the hinges on something. You're just going to have to be really sound defensively. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, for me, for me, I look at what this team has in relative to what you will see on the mound. Ryan now. Has 20, has 20, uh, uh, I mean, not Ryan Hag. now. Zach Lee has 40 starts on the year, or 14 starts on the year. He's one of the guys you're going to see. He's got 3.75 ERA, which is pretty damn good. You got Mason Moore that you're going to see. He's their best guy out of relief. He's lights out. But, man, I think LSU can really hit this pitching staff. You can really do some things against this pitching staff. You just got to stay hot. You have to stay hot. Find ways to generate runs. I think you're going to, I think it's, I'm not going to say it's going to be a lot like last week. I think that their pitching staff is a a lot better than Oregon State's is, but they just have a couple dudes. And after that, it's like rolling Riley Cooper out there, buddy. It, It really is. And you saw that. You saw that, so and Gasly Gamer here says Kentucky gave up two something runs scored per game against in their regional, that is second behind Wake Forest in all regionals. I get that, I get that. They also didn't see a lineup like this either. The best lineup that they saw all year was probably, and uh, obviously in the SEC. Indiana does not have LSU's lineup. They do not have LSU's lineup. Again, when you look at LSU as an example, Cruz is hitting 432. Tommy is down a little bit, 378, f- 22 home runs. K. Beloso's killing the baseball right now. He I mean, dudes just legitimately, got double digit home runs you have one two three four five six seven eight guys eight (coughs) all right let me let me make sure i got that right one two three four five six seven actually my bad seven people in your lineup seven people in your lineup right now have double digit home runs Indiana does not have the offense that you do. And the box is going to be loud. It's going to be roaring. Look, you took two or three from them the first time. And it's really difficult to beat a good team four times in a year. It's really tough. I'm not saying this game's going to three. But when I look at them, and they do have some dudes... You got Mason Moore. You got Ryan Hagnow, You got Zach Lee. You got Darren Williams. You got Jackson Nove uh, and Austin Strickland that all have four uh, sub-four ERAs or less. So one, two, three, four, five, six. They can pitch it a little bit, but they gave up a lot against you the first time. And I know these teams are completely different, but... The teams that the team that we saw in the last two games for LSU, if that team gets rolling, they're not beating you, man. They're not beating you. I'm not saying you're gonna win it in two, but I just I just don't see I I I can't visibly see. Here's here's how I believe LSU would go down. If they did go down, defensively they failed. Defensively, they failed. If I see Kentucky going to Omaha and taking down LSU, it's because LSU defensively failed. I just don't think LSU's that bad enough defensively. And quite honestly, in April, Thatcher Hurd threw against Kentucky in April. He got smashed. Are we confident right now that if Thatcher Hurd went out there against Kentucky, he couldn't shut them down? Because I will tell you this. You saw a better offensive team, a well much and more uh, well more an organized uh, nine that you will see from opposing hitters in Oregon State than you did in Kentucky. Like, let's get real. Oregon State, when they're up to hit, is more scary to me than Kentucky is. And if you're in a two game scenario with Paul Skeens. Thatcher, Heard, and Ty Floyd, and I look even maybe Gavin Gidry. I, I still think you can. You have enough arms in a two game series. You got to take two. You can do it. Now, if you get to a game three, all all bets are closed. You get to a third game, all bets are closed. You're going to have to out hit them. But man. You take that game one. Guys, I think we're going to Omaha. I know that that's not a hot take. I know that's like, oh, well, you know, look at Blake. Man, I'm just telling you. I just – I cannot see Kentucky coming in to LSU and taking us down. Now, can they? Do they have the ability to? Yes. Yes, they do. All right. Oh, Rick says, will UK save their ace for Sunday? Maybe. 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 But I'm going to tell you, if Mangione does that, I mean, because Zach Lee did not go against us the first time. We did not see Zach Lee. He was out. So we we did not see their ace the first time. Neither did he see us. So... I don't really think it's smart to go against Thatcher Hurd and Ty Floyd right now either. Right? Like, I don't think it's smart for them to go against those two dudes either. I mean, I I have a lot of confidence in Thatcher Hurd and Ty Floyd because the truth is Ty Floyd's not going to come out in the, the, what was it, guys, third or fourth inning again? Like, that's not going to happen. Unless you have, you know, external circumstances that are doing that. I, man, like, I, I really want to come out here and say that I think you win both opening games. Like, I think you win the first two games. But Kentucky's a really good team. Like, they can put a lot of pressure on you. I just think you're better. I think you're – it's not that you're better from a hitting perspective. You're just so much better and light years ahead of where you were in April on the mound. You had Paul Skates, And look. Here's the truth. I say that about their offense, but in recapping what happened in that weekend series in April, that was Paul Skeen's worst uh, outing of the year. He gave up five runs. Like, it was his worst outing of the year. By far. By far his worst outing of the year. Okay? So... They've touched Skeens a little, but with Skeens going up against the line, this you know what's interesting too. This is the first time we have no. They saw Gidry. They saw Guidry. Gidry pitched in Game Three. Pause up. Um, here's what's what does Paul Skeens look like when he sees a team twice. The only time that we've seen that is Arkansas. The only time that we've seen Skeens go up a team twice was Arkansas. But Gidger did come in that game three. He bounced a ball. They got past Malaz- I mean, yeah, Milazzo, and if I'm not mistaken, scored a run. That's what kind of got them back in there. I don't think I don't think we saw exactly. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. But but Guidry did go game three. All right, a couple comments. Uh, Wilson Alexander is going to join us, uh, and then when he leaves, we'll we'll talk a little bit of Zion. Alex does say so. You think they don't have the their best against Paul, and just concede the loss? No, I, I mean, man, you got. I mean, winning game one's a massive thing. Winning games won a massive thing. Rick says, Skeens Saturday, heard Sunday? No, I think, no, no. If, you, if Skeens goes on Saturday, then I think you got Floyd and Heard on Sunday. I think you saw exactly how Jay's going to do it. And let me tell you this, if you go to a game three, I would not be shocked in the slightest if he goes to Riley Cooper again. Uh, Gasly Gamer says, we have eight players on the roster with double digits home runs. Yep. Uh, Cruz, White, Travinsky, Beloso, Dugas, Joe Bear, Thompson, and Jones. That's right. But you only have seven that are starting. Jones is out. Jones is out. And like like I was saying, the only time that we've seen Skeens go up against a team uh, twice in one year was Arkansas, and the second time Arkansas went in one inning got a hold of him. Now, as Jay said... There's no chance in blue, blue Rudy Poo, blue hell that in the normal circumstances he would have taken Paul Skeens out in Arkansas uh, against Arkansas. So maybe you would have won that game uh, if Paul Skeens not been on that 85 uh, pitch count. He ain't gonna be on 85 on Sunday. I mean Saturday or Sunday, depending on rain. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> As they say on Beauty on the Beast. Ha <laughs> ha trust me i've been having to watch beauty and the beast if you got kids man i'm just telling you you know who <sighs> that's such a bad segue i was just, i was trying to make a reference to how great our next guest hair is and i'm like you know who doesn't have hair like a beast but that's just that's like so stupid
2: you know? this episode brought to you by progressive Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity. Much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates national average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states.
3: So stupid. All right. So let's get to uh let's get to our good friend Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. Let's talk about our good friend Tyler Alexander, our new guy. Killing it in real estate. We're back next with Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. Stay with us. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man he's here for you. You wanna buy or sell? Well, it's not too late. Down 955 008. Just call 955 008.
4: Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight.
3: Tyler Alexander is a local realtor right here in the Denham Springs, Louisiana area, and he services the entire South Louisiana area as well. Tyler is ranked in the top 2% of EXP realtors in the entire state. Buying or selling a home can be very stressful, but Tyler will make that process stress-free for you and your family and provide a customer experience for you, not just a customer service. Give him a call or text today on his personal cell 225-95-008. 225 955 8 There's 225 955 8 And let him get your home sold or transitioned you into a new one. Wilson Alexander from the is joining us. Wilson, my man, what is happening with you tonight? See, I was gonna make a bad segue, Wilson, in reference to your hair. You know, my son's in here watching Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like I was just trying to say you got great hair. You're back. You're with us. What's up, dude?
4: I like the segue. I think it's oh, Okay, see,
3: it's not <laughs> that bad. I mean, I, I think I didn't think you would be offended. But, you know, just in case, I'm not trying to call you a beast. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay? You can make fun of my my my, my facial hair. That's probably what, <laughs> what you could have counteracted with. All right. Wilson Alexander with, from The Advocate joined us. Wilson, today, Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz uh, on the Golden Spikes watch list. Two out of three with Jack Caglion as the other guy on that watch list. Who do you think it's going to be? Like, if you, if, if Wilson Alexander had to put all of his chips in the center of who is going to be the Golden Spikes award winner, who is it going to be?
4: Not Jack Caglion. I, <laughs> I agree. I agree. He's a great player. I don't think it'll be him. Um it kind of surprised you know part of my gut suddenly sort of feels like maybe it'll actually be Skeens because he won the collegiate baseball international player of the year award um but i feel like it's going to be and so that sort of like messes with my thinking a little bit but i just feel like stuff like that i feel like it's gonna be Cruz um with the year he's had the career he's had i know it's just a one-year award but just the whole link you look over like the three years that he's had i feel like he's very deserving of something like that Skeens is too but I would personally, if I was to having to give it to somebody, I would give it to Dylan.
3: I've gotten pushback on this, and so I ask you. Over the last two weeks, I've been quote-tweeting and tweeting hashtag retire three. If that man wins the Golden Spikes, I don't care what they do in the postseason. I mean, it's uh, I think you got to retire. And I think that he maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves, but Wilson, am I crazy? Like... He is that is a retirable number now, right? Like with the, he is probably the arguably and probably the best LSU baseball player we've ever seen, right? I like I, I even if Ben McDonald said that, who am I to disagree with Ben McDonald, right? I mean, so d- retired, like he it, he goes down as the best,
4: right? It's funny that you say that because um, our columnist Scott Rablay is kind of working on a on a column this week, kind of about that. Just Rab has been around. He's seen all of this. You know, he was here when Ben McDonald was here. He's seen all these four years of LSU baseball, and he's kind of thinking about a column this week about it. That very question is Dylan Cruz the best LSU baseball player ever? There's so many good ones Ben McDonald, Todd Walker. But I think that three could get, reti- should, should probably get retired. I wonder also, though, like, would you do something that's like Cruz slash Bregman? Would Alex be worthy of something like that as well? I mean, he's the number two pick in the draft. He had a great career. Um, obviously, when Dylan first got here, that was kind of the comp. Um, Dylan has probably, over the course of his three years, um, especially if he was, were to break, you know, Grimes' record of batting average in a season, has probably um, has statistically done a little bit more. But, um, I mean, Bregman's great, too. Could you deal with a combo? I don't I just, – I'm just floating out – I'm not saying they should. I'm just sort of floating out that idea – but I think Dill. I think it definitely needs to be considered, especially if he wins the Golden Spikes Award, and then if he just caps that with going to Omaha, even if they didn't win, um, I think that Dill. I think three would need to to be retired, and if, at the very least, have a, a serious discussion about it, with um, if, if those next two little boxes get checked off. Yeah, and, and
3: when you, I mean, you really just kind of stole there
4: at at the end. If
3: he does get to Omaha, and God willing, they find a way to win a Natty. I mean, Wilson, I mean, there's no question after that, at least for me. I I just think it comes to, like, so look, full disclosure, the show already knows this because we've posted a lot on social media. Like, so my cousin played with Rafe at LSU Eunice. They were roommates. Rafe was in his wedding when we went to his wedding in January. So, like, we're, you know, we're on our way to the wedding, uh, my cousin Evan's wedding, and Rafe said, look, dude, A lot of mine was luck, but Dylan's 400 is going to be not luck, right? Like, it's going to be skill. Like, I was swinging with my eyes closed, okay? Like, this man's openly admitting at a wedding that he's swinging with his eyes closed on some of these and just finding base hits. It just comes to a point where, like, you're in the toughest conference in the country, and, like, even the teams in the Super Regional – We did, Guys, do y'all have the final? Uh, The producers were doing this. I think he's hitting over 470 on the five teams that they face in the Supers. That's ridiculous, right? Like, that's absolutely ridiculous anyway. All right, let's get to some Kentucky. Are you going to be – I know you don't have it all season, but you covered the team this week for the regionals. Are you going to be at the Supers all weekend as well?
4: Um, Most likely. I know I'll definitely be there Monday – um yeah like I'm when it for anybody who doesn't know I'm our lead football writer so I do football year round and I, I help out with baseball in the postseason um so I'm, I'm doing stuff all week leading up to it and then the games we'll just kind of see what we end up sort of figuring out as a staff but um I'll be watching them very closely uh, and definitely covering Monday's game if, if there is a game three
3: Wilson I know that you had talked about this okay and I think it's interesting we I, we just talked about it as well because every Wednesday on the show we've talked done a deep dive on the weekend opponent. Okay, this team runs and bunts more than anybody in the country. They walk more than damn near anybody in the country. Defensively, I I I, I do question. I, I, I'm not saying LSU is going to win two, but if you play solid defense and you are and you've already seen them once. Uh, look, I, I feel confident, but this is not. A, this is a kind of a scary team in another direction of not gorilla ball, but small ball. Uh, does it? Would that worry you at all?
4: Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, you know, if we look at it's this matchup is kind of fascinating to me because it's two extremely contrasting styles. Right. As you said LSU um, has all the power. The slugging percentage is really high. But Kentucky is its, it's on base percentage is high as well for a few different reasons. It draws walks. It gets hit by pitches and all those things. But Kentucky, like you said, they manufacture. Um, and they're going to put pressure on a defense. Kentucky, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm hinting at a story I'm going to do later this week. Um, here is leads the SEC in getting hit by pitches with 130. It got hit 25 times during the regional, nine in one game. They are <laughs> going to wear it. And you as a pitcher, cannot go inside because they're just going to turn and take it. And so – and then once they get on the base, like you said, they leave the SEC with 120 stolen base attempts. They've got 91 or 90 steals, um, which also leads the league. And then they've got 55 sacrifice bunts. um, And they're just an experienced team that's – as LSU's players said today, they're scrappy. And LSU is going to have to be really on top of things defensively, which if you look at this LSU team over the course of uh, the year – um, if there's a concern there's you know some issues sometimes with fielding percentage and a little bit of defense that can get, can get sloppy at times right and also gonna have to really be on top of that that to me is the key of this whole regional if LSU one doesn't issue free passes and then two when there are guys on base plays just really clean defense um you know hidden Trevinsky is he back at catcher um or do they go with Milazzo questions like that um obviously you have to have Travinsky's back in the lineup but To finish that thought, if LSU plays clean defense, I feel really good about its chances to beat Kentucky. But you have to be able to do that because that's how Kentucky wants to score.
3: Yeah, and and here's the thing, uh, Wilson, you can't take Beloso out either, right? Like, so, uh, look, Jay's got a fantastic problem, okay? A fantastic problem in in reference to bottom line, like (laughs) – at worst, Travinsky has a little issues behind the plate that he did, but Beloso's—I mean, he's hitting three thirty three for a reason. I mean, kid, dude's mashing uh, mashing the ball right now. So we'll see. You think Skeens is going Saturday? I mean, w- barring weather, I mean, he has to, right? Like, I know that weather might be an issue. So, do you uh, do you see any scenario that he doesn't go on Saturday?
4: Only if Jay consults his underground weather sources <laughs> again. <GNA. laughs> And gets word that Saturday's game is going to get rained out or have a massive delay.
3: What does that mean, underground weather sourcing?
4: I don't know. I would love to find out. I don't think Jay would say. Um, but, you know, probably people that he knows who are you know have an eye on the weather and uh, um, give him a good indication what to expect. Um, but we're not going to get it, obviously, as Jay, Jay keeps all that close to the vest, we're not going to get a clear answer on anything related to his pitching decision until, you know, an hour and a half before first pitch. But, yeah, barring something weather-related, he likes schemes in that first game. Of course, we saw it just in the regional, just to get LSU off to such a good start. I mean, and especially because if you can pitch him, you go and take game one, and all you have to do, you put the pressure on Kentucky, all you have to do is win one of the next two, your pitching staff's kind of coming around, LSU would be in a really good position. You start to get a little uneasy if all of a sudden you're maybe lost game one, and even if you have schemes on the bump, Game two is a must win. That's a, you don't want to necessarily be in that spot if you can avoid it. So I think Steens will pitch Saturday, unless, like you said, there's weather that just necessitates moving in.
3: Wes Johnson going to Georgia. I know that you you've said on this platform, obviously you're you're from the state. I kind of thought so Wilson, we talked about this on the show for about thirty minutes after LSU played Georgia. Like they kept panning over to Kirby Smart, and I'm like Okay, I get that you keep panning over to Kirby Smart when LSU's playing. I know Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz are great. Why is the entire athletic department there? Like, why was the entire – like, literally, they kept showing the tennis coach, the basketball coach, the soccer coach. I'm like, why is everybody there? And then all of a sudden we find out, obviously, Wes Johnson's going to be the new head coach at Georgia. For me, it felt like, okay, maybe Georgia wants to be serious about baseball. I mean, Wes is known for a lot of great things in a lot of places – when you saw the news, what were your first thoughts?
4: Well, the first thought was just, "Wow, that is wild timing." Um, because it, I was literally walking onto the field as <laughs> I looked and looked at my phone, and I made eye contact and spoke with a few people in the LSU athletic department who were down there, and they didn't say anything, but they sort of seemed caught off guard by the timing of it as well. Just the fact that right there on the field, it was a it was a wild scene for anybody who wasn't there, and actually able to see this unfold. Um, LSU had its a, a typical team meeting in right field and then let the players disperse. But as it was having that team meeting, you could tell that word was starting to get around. There was an assistant uh, staff member who pulled out his phone and showed Wes um, his phone, which it was the, you know talking about Georgia. And you could see Wes's reaction that he was uh, upset, certainly, that that was happening right at that exact moment. Um, because it was supposed to be about LSU clinching a regional and advancing, and instead it got suddenly overshadowed. And so then they had to bring the team back together in right field really quickly as players started started going to the locker room, bring them back up so that they could talk and, um, you know, hear it from the coaches before they got to their own phones. So my reaction was uh, was just sort of surprised that the timing was what it was. It wasn't necessarily surprised that, you know, at some point, West would want to go after a head coaching job. Um Georgia is an interesting place to do it because there is a lot of baseball talent in the state of Georgia, but it's a lot of baseball talent that Georgia itself has not always been able to access. Um, that is a program that could be competitive if it wants to invest in baseball, but it just hasn't really spent the money on it. Um, and maybe Wes Johnson can go and do that over there, um, but he's going to have a little bit of an uphill uh, climb because Georgia as a baseball program. has just never been one of the elites.
3: Could you imagine Bear Jones and Charlie Condon on the same team? Like, that yeah. th- that would be my point. Like, I mean, I think that if he recruits at somewhat of a moderate level, he's going to be fine. And I think that that he will do that. You talked about the timing. I want to circle back to that. Were you shocked that Thamel broke it? And, and look, I, all that is what it is. But why do, you th- why do you think Georgia gave or he got a baseball scoop? Like, what, what, what was the message being told there, in your opinion?
4: Um, I, I, really don't, I really don't know uh, on, on that. I mean, you know, as reporters, sometimes we, because of connections that we have, are able to get news on beats that we don't necessarily cover. Um, Pete, of course, covers college football primarily, um, but that gives him, as a result, He's got contacts with administrators throughout the country right. who are also making decisions in other sports. And so, um, you know, that happens sometimes on the national level in particular um, where they're able to break news on sports that they don't necessarily cover um, because of the contacts that they've built up over the years just across the athletic departments.
3: That, can I, and look, I know that he's national and we're not. I get that. That'd, like, that'd be like me coming out here saying sources, Alabama XYZ. That's that, like, you know what I mean? Like I was just so taken off guard by like, so I got, I got sent it and I'm like, all right, let me make sure this isn't a spoof. You know, like how people create, you know, I'm like Pete might tweet this shit, you know, like that didn't happen. And so I was like, oh wait, well this guy's got a million followers, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well it must be really him. Anyway, transitioning to football though. I want to get, um, to this with you, uh, Brian Kelly had the, the gold, forgive me i i I know it was the charity event but did you were you out there last night for for the charity event by chance
4: uh no i didn't have did you see brian
3: kelly tackle the dummy though (laughs) yeah
4: okay all right (laughs) so so listen
3: this man looks like he's having fun right like i mean (laughs) hey this man looks like he's having a little fun i mean he's kind of letting his hair down a little bit right i mean that that looks very spirited by the old ball coach
4: this, these are sides of Brian Kelly that have sort of come out more since he's gotten to LSU. Uh, you hear players <laughs> talk about him being sort of joking, and he's got this you know, dry sense of humor that comes out in press conferences. Um, and it's stuff that – I talked to recruits about this last summer when they were first coming down to LSU. How many of them were taken aback by Kelly's personality? Because they were used to – part of it is just the way you perceive Notre Dame and looking at him for so many years up in South Bend this kind of this red-faced yeller, which he still is. Um, but they were always taken aback by his humor and sort of his um, re- the way he was able to relax around them. Um, and, I, and that's become very evident, I think, since he got to LSU. Maybe Brian is doing more to show that side of himself or maybe it's just something that we're all now aware of because we're around him all the time. Um, but yeah, going through the drill and going through the tackling dummy and kind of cracking a joke after it about <laughs> still being a defensive player at heart—that feels very Brian Kelly circa LSU twenty twenty three. That's kind of right. um, the part of the persona that he's he's let himself show more of since he got here.
3: Wilson, everybody's reporting they had day one of summer workouts, and this man's out here tackling a dummy. You know, like <laughs> so I'm just like my man. You know what it seems it feels like to me and look I'm not saying I'm not trying to make some underlying issue a bigger thing I think he knows he's about to be really good right like I get the feeling that he has a he has an understanding like hey man I because he it, look last year he was a little bit more calculated with stuff like that yeah like the the gritty thing came out whatever me made a couple jokes but you know, after a win, that Monday morning or that Monday morning press conference, he'd come in there, you know, and he'd make a little joke. Good morning. You know, like, here's the jar. Like, he came comes in with the jar, whatever it was. I don't even remember. It just feels like that he – I kind of feel like he thinks he's going to be good. I don't know. What do I know? Transitioning to football, though, for real. Trey Bradford is back. Thoughts on that? I, I mean, just general overall depth thoughts. I mean – I don't know I don't really know what to make of it all, really.
4: On the surface, I don't think that this is a an addition that is going to really change the course of LSU in I'm any way. way. Um, he's pretty far down on that pecking order. Um like you might know I actually don't even know where he was during the twenty twenty can, can I be that's honest? Still that's Wilson? Very I have no I have no clue. That's something I that no is still clue. unclear and when, so like he probably I don't think he was playing for last year, and so this you know LSU the running back who came in to actually play and address LSU's depth concerns that had kind of come up just because of Emory's you know status and Armani Goodwin's status being a little bit up in the air right now was Logan Diggs. Logan Diggs is going to be the one who's suddenly now getting a bunch of carries and possibly RB one. Right. Trey Bradford's on the roster and you know maybe he can add some depth, but LSU's got plenty of it at running back. Um, One thing that I do think this would do is um, because of him coming back to LSU, I believe LSU would get an APR point back, which would help them in a situation where they need those um, because of what's taken place over the last few years. And so you know, he's back, but I don't think it's something that you're going to see really affecting LSU's uh, 2023 season.
3: Agreed. I I mean, it just... Did you see the Did you see the footage of Caleb Jackson from uh from Baton Rouge? I mean, bro, his 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 his, his bicep. Like, did that dude put on weight? I mean, because that dude's biceps looks like. A, I mean, I, I don't even have anything in the in the studio to. I mean, it's mad. I mean, the dude's put on serious muscle. And I'm like, okay, well, hey, <laughs> I know y'all got y'all say y'all got running back problems, but that little kid can run. I mean, we know you already ran a ten six. You got depth there. But you know what was interesting to me—the video that LSU released—they did the, they showed the entire offensive line. If you noticed, it was Jones, Campbell, uh, uh, the kid from Maryland, uh, Mason Lunsford, uh, Charles Turner, all in a line. And I'm like, why is it? Why is the entire uh, potential first-team line up front? I, I know I'm petty with stuff like that, but it, he's here and he's working out. It was kind of interesting to see that, like, all the linemen. In a row, did you make anything for some of the things LSU had kind of been publishing with the workouts or anything from this week?
4: No, at this stage, I don't take too much stock into that. That would be more significant for me once they get to preseason camp. Right. Um, you know, at this stage, um, they're all they're, you know, running and lifting, and you, you get a sense of, I think, guys' uh, character in some of these. Like, Makai Wingo started to really emerge as a possible dude last summer. Uh, with the way that he was working out yeah he um, won like that Hercules he award
3: it. or something right like he won the the summer workout award did he not
4: yeah he did and it, it, I don't remember that's the exact name of it but like <laughs> that's the, essentially yeah it, uh, you, you might be right I just don't remember the name of the award but like he was recognized in that way and and then obviously he had the season that he did stepping in for Mason Smith and so it was kind of a predictor in that way but in terms of like who's going first and what lines and like, is that actually going to be the first team? O line? I don't think there's anything to it at, at this point.
3: Yeah. I, it just, you know, I'm like, why is it's just the small things. And look at this point, we're searching for stuff, right? Like, like, you know, come on. I mean, at least I am. I'm like, I'm itching to get it back. Uh, last week, SEC spring means, and it was determined eight game conference schedules for now. I'm on the, I, <clears throat> Wilson, I don't know where you stand. As a fan, nine games, okay, cool. On the other hand, I don't have to play Georgia once a year. I don't have a situation where I'm playing Georgia, Tennessee, and Auburn in the same year or LSU or A&M or whoever. I kind of get it. I, where did I mean? I, don't get me wrong. Again, I want it, but at the same time, I'm like, did y'all really think that half the league that's got to play Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, and Georgia were gonna say yes to this? Because they didn't. I guess. What did you think about the the, uh, the SEC staying at eight games?
4: Well, I guess for for it made sense based on just hearing in that conversations and, and a bit you know, had with people leading up to be, SC meetings that that was going to probably be the, the outcome in the end. There wasn't enough agreement throughout the conference to get to nine games. It seemed like the, the, the temporary solution was going to be what the SEC came out with there in 2024. And obviously that's what they did. And uh, just exactly a week from now, we're going to have the exact opponents that every team will play within the SEC uh, next season. That'll be announced in the SEC network on June 14th. Right. Um, but One thing to, I think, note about the whole strength of schedule debate that I think is getting maybe a little, because I think it's potentially getting overblown. Um, You know, obviously Nick Saban coming out and saying that, you know, he didn't like the nine game schedule because Alabama was going to get LSU, Tennessee, uh, and Auburn. And that felt like a competitive advantage. Well, the way that teams are going to cycle, even though you might always have those three and that is tough, you're also maybe going to end up in a year where you have like Vanderbilt and Missouri and like... A bad, uh, another bad team of some kind. I, I mean, like even anybody. if Florida's yeah,
3: down, like, like Florida's been down. It, yeah, like you, right.
4: Because even with eight or nine, um, you're going to have, so say it's eight, it's one permanent, nine, three permanents. Everybody else is going to rotate and you're going to play every team uh, twice in a four year period once at home, once on the road. Either way, it's going to be cycling through the league at a rate that they haven't before and so i think that those competitive balance strength of schedule conversations are going to kind of work their way out based on even if you have maybe some really tough permanent opponents well that also means that more often you'll like every you're not going to have the other hard teams like cycling through you know like you're going to be playing the other the the teams are maybe not as uh good like a little bit you know they're going to cycle through just as much so i think it works itself out
3: yeah it definitely does. And you're adding two teams and you're saying the same. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me if you want to talk about that. But here, here was the only – and I know that me and Josh Pate had talked about this when we had had him on. Um, and I, I, I stand by this argument. Wilson, if you're a head coach, regardless if you're Nick Saban or, or, or if you're whoever, Brian Kelly, whoever, what schedule would you want? Because it's not created equally. Would you want to face Georgia, Tennessee, Chattanooga, uh, Rutgers? And by the way, you are one lost team going into a playoff, trying to get into a playoff. Or would you want to face, you know, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Michigan? Like, even though you're playing two FCS opponents, like Georgia still waited. Like, you're probably going to lose that game. Like, so I get what Kentucky's talking about when they say, hey, look, Instead of us going 8-4, and four, we'd rather go 9-3 and three with the potential to make the expanded playoff next year. Like, I understand that part. I don't know if I'm right in that, but I understand where they're coming from. I mean, if we're LSU fans and LSU's 9-3 and three, and we would have had maybe another non-conference game against Georgia, would we really want that ninth conference game? Because I know we wouldn't. <laughs> you, you, I, just, I, I understand it, I guess, this – if that makes sense,
4: yeah, that's an interesting point, particularly because that was something like you said raised by like Kentucky and, and others um, was that the strength of schedule, how is that going to be weighed in the college in the expanded college football playoff? And that's part of the reason that the SEC stuck at eight games was because of uh, the playoff expanding in twenty twenty four. They'll have a year to maybe now see, okay, how do. These uh, how does this, this in this expansion how is the screen-through schedule weighted? Although at the same time they're hoping to come up with a, a little bit more of a permanent solution at this time next year. Um, but then again, we they've said that like multiple times coming up to this <laughs> point, and it got kicked down the road. So we'll kind of All see right. how it works out. But it is an interesting an interesting point, I guess. And, and, and on the LSU front, you know, it, it's relevant in 2024 in particular because yeah, LSU LSU remember. Made space for nine conference games. This is a, a schedule format that LSU has supported from for a very long time. Ryan Kelly and Scott Woodward have both publicly said that they want nine games, um, and they hope that it gets to that eventually. They want to play all the best. But in 2024, LSU has non-conference games scheduled against USC and UCLA, adding. They would only. They imagine the schedule then when you've got the full a nine-game SEC schedule. Those two non-conference games, and your one um, easier non-conference game is, I believe, South Alabama. Um, so that would be just a gauntlet to get through. Now, LSU is maybe going to be set up a little bit better to make the Cal football playoff in 2024, be able to withstand a loss or two and still get in an expanded format because of the strength of schedule that it will have already played while not maybe punishing itself so much that season. Um, because like I said, LSU made room for nine. Like it moved the rice game from 2024 to 2029. Now he's going to have to find another game in 2024, but that's not going to be a a difficult uh, game for them. Um, You know, it'll be somebody who you know, a smaller team, uh, a smaller program.
3: Yeah, I think they'll go in state. I mean, if they're playing South Alabama, well, you know who's well, you know who's on the docket. My Southeastern Louisiana Lions. They're on the docket. I don't like it. Hey, did I? You you ever hear? I didn't go to the game. I didn't even watch it. I couldn't do it. 2019 couldn't do it I just watched the replay it's like they're gonna get their ass beat I'm Brayden Fajoco Brayden had so Braden came on our show at the end of the season he had career sacks against my team I mean I'm like how dare you dude like of all teams you're gonna do it against like you're gonna do it against my team so anyway all right Wilson thank you so much man Do you think LSU and two against Kentucky
4: if schemes can pitch game one i think LSU and two. <laughs> i I literally before you came on here said
3: the same thing that's exactly what i said i was like well Skeens goes eight i mean <laughs> yeah give me lsu and two i mean come on so i'm with yeah. you
4: yeah
3: all right we'll see you next time buddy thank you so much
4: all right blake thanks for having me
3: all right thanks wilson alexander from the advocate always fantastic uh, at what he does let's talk about a good friend steve bean over at Bayou Bowl and Go, and they're doing the daiquiris too, man. Where can you find a place? Where can you find a place where you can go through a drive-through and get crawfish that's been cooked by an outright legend? Steve Bean and his wife are legends when it's in the seafood game. Daiquiris on the way as well. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about a good friend, Carol False over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere, Zion, my guy. What are you doing? Are you you spitting in women's mouths, you nasty bastard? I just want to know the conversation. I just want to know the conversation. Hey baby, let me spit in that mouth. Like what what like what what are you saying to her? Talk about it next. Bayou decrees at Bayou Bowling Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive-thru daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Because you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish. It's a Louisiana thing. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants, subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. Zion, Zion, Zion. Listen. I already said today already And I said on this show what Zion is being alleged of doing. So let me just say this. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And I'm just going to say that all of this is being alleged. Because Zion has not come out and said that this is true. Now, <laughs> is it true? Yeah. My girl's been out there subtweeting so him all the live long days. So in case you missed it. I honestly did not know and hand of god did not know who Mariah Mills was. Did not know. Well, today I come to find out that Mariah Mills is a I'm, a I'm assuming a a former or still active adult film star. Well, today she came out. So, well actually yesterday, Zion or a couple days ago whenever it was, came out and said that he was expecting a child with his baby mama, okay? That's fantastic. I'm happy for him. I am happy that you are having a child. Anytime somebody is having a child, I'm all for that, man. Children, if you, to people who probably knew Me, before I had been, um, both of my children have changed my life literally for the better. But Mariah Mills, the porn star came out today on Twitter and said the following about her and Zion Williamson. I let you spit in my mouth last week when you f or when we f you could have told me you had another hoe pregnant. How is that going to work moving us both to New Orleans? And you thought I wouldn't find out at Zion Williamson. She would go on to say a boatload of things. Later, she would say, I guess I'm gonna be the stepmama, you not effing, up me at Zion Williamson, plans babies or not. It is what it is of this. So she finally would come out and say the, the this is what sent me over the edge. I deleted that video of the photographer pouring honey in my mouth (laughs) because you told me you felt disrespected in some type of way. So hold on. (laughs) So this man, Zion, (laughs) I can't even get through it. I can't even get through it. Had relations with a woman. (laughs) No, it's about the honey had relations with this woman. And when they were in these relations, this man came out and said, let me spit in your mouth. Like, please somebody on the face of the planet earth, tell me how you can have a conversation with anybody in the world. And say, let me spit in your mouth, only to turn around and say, let me pour honey down that damn thing. (laughs) Like, come on, man. Zion, my guy. (laughs) Zion, I mean... And then she posted all those videos or photos of him on Snapchat saying, I'm going to fly you out to New Orleans. And I'm quoting here, bang that thing down. (laughs) It does lead me to this, though. It does lead me to this. Zion's not in the right mind frame. I know that his personal business should not account for me saying anything about, you know, him on the court. And in today's world, nobody that has a decent following has literally any personal space. Has no personal space whatsoever. I do think you need to get rid of Zion. There are parts of me that think that you need to get rid of Zion. I do think that there's like, do you really want the face of your franchise to be Zion right now? The dude doesn't want to play games. He's played 29 games the last two years. Is he worth all this? I, I just don't know, man. I just don't think that Zion Williamson is worth all this BS. I, I, I really, really, really don't. If Zion, it, Can Zion be and come back and maybe does being a parent motivate him to do special things? God, I hope so. But right now, I just don't think he's in the right mind frame. Now, all this is alleged. All of this is alleged. We'll see. All right, we'll see y'all tomorrow, knuckleheads. I'll do the team I'm looking out for in the SEC tomorrow. We'll we'll end on that. See you tomorrow. Peace. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash N-O-S-D to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash
4: N-O-S-D. Some things are obvious. Water is wet. All roads lead to somewhere. And paying half price for pizza is better than paying full price. This week at Domino's is half-off pizza week. Get 50% off all menu-priced Domino's pizzas. What's for dinner? The choice is obvious. Get half-off pizza at Domino's during half-off pizza week now until June 9th. Select this offer online only at participating locations. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Offer applies to pizza portion of your order only.
0: Have you met All Modern? All Modern brings you the best of modern furniture, and they deliver it for free in days. You heard that right, days. That way, you get your sofa ASAP and can sit comfortably while figuring out your other modern must-haves. At All Modern, you'll find only the best of modern. From Scandi to mid-century, minimalist to maximalist, every piece is hand-vetted for quality by our team of experts and designed for real life. That's modern made simple. Shop now at allmodern.com. Once upon a time, Goldilocks discovered some delicious iced coffee in someone else's home.
2: This Dunkin' Cold is just right. Mm, and this Dunkin' cold is just right. Mm, and this Dunkin' cold is just
0: right. She sipped on and on, blissfully unaware that the bear stood watching. Barry, say something. Roar. Was that good? <sighs> the home with Duncan is where you want to be. Are you struggling to lower your bad
4: LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha, Evolocumab, is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too. Because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit rapatha.com or call 1 844 Rapatha. Talk to your doctor today about rapatha.